are listening to Meet and Write, a podcast that dives into liturgical worship and how communion really begins after church. Holy smokes, that is a response that many people get when they walk into an Orthodox church, when they see the entire church filled with smoke. Well, welcome to the Meet and Write podcast. I'm happy that you are here listening to this episode as we are honored to have with us today a good friend of mine, Daniel Gerges. Uh, who is extremely passionate about the academic uh, part of Coptic hymnology and how does Coptic hymns have any impact on who we are as followers of Christ and how do hymns in general have a role in our relationship with God. So thank you, Danny, so much for taking your time uh, for us to chat about. Holy smokes. Thank you, Bonner, for having me. I really appreciate it. So uh, as I mentioned, something that we see all the time in an Orthodox church as you walk in is you see someone, the priest, just going around the church, filling the place up with smoke. Why in the world is that happening? And what's the deal with smoke in church and part of it being part of our worship? So very briefly, since the creation of man, sin became a cause for the Lord to curse the earth. It occurred when Adam disobeyed God, and then was repeated when Cain killed his brother Abel, and then yet again, when the Lord flooded the earth to rid it of corruption in Noah's time. But Noah did something a little different, and you'll see this is why, um, this is the first mention of the use of the smoke, ready? Um, it's the first covenant that God created between him and himself and man. Yeah. I'll read the verse from uh, the book of Genesis. Okay. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord, and taking some of all the clean animals and clean birds, he sacrificed burnt offerings on it. The Lord smelled the pleasing aroma and said in his heart, Never again will I curse the ground because of humans, even though every inclination of the human heart is evil from childhood. Never again will I destroy all living creatures as I have done. As long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. Genesis 8, 20 to 22. So the Lord lifted his wrath from the earth and from its people after smelling the aroma of Noah's offering. And throughout the rest of the Old Testament, there are countless mentions of burnt offerings and sacrifices. However, these sacrifices were made for atonement. They didn't restore creation, and they weren't acceptable to God in many cases. So you, it's clear from, from what you just mentioned with, with God's conversation with Noah and many other uh, people that, that God has, has chosen from, from, from Jewish scripture that he desires us to worship him with smoke. I mean, and he kind of made it very clear all throughout the Old Testament. It was part of his um, dealing with man that he would remember and he would smell this smoke, this pleasing aroma and lift away his wrath from the people. I see. Okay. Okay. That's great. That's great that that worked thousands and thousands of years ago. And God has, has, has requested that and required that from, 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 from Noah and Abraham and Moses from, from these people. But now I, I can say with confidence that my desire and God's desire is for me to become one with him. And this is why I come to him. This is why I, I come and celebrate him during the liturgy and partake of his body and blood for me to become one with him. 
So I, I would say that's the most important thing. So, so why in the world is smoke is still involved in, in that part of, of us worshiping God today? And why is incense part of that? If that's my ultimate goal and that's the most important thing, what does smoke have to do with all of that today? So why don't we take a step back and kind of um, talk about orthodox worship, right? Sure. This, is exact, this is pretty much why it's your answer to your question. Orthodox worship is not a mere remembrance of an event. It's not a resemblance, but it's actually a participation in the same events. Okay, we participate in the events of Christ's sacrifice on our behalf. Okay. We use the word symbol quite frequently now, but the context or the meaning of this word today um, is different from the way that the early church fathers used it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has a serious impact on how we view our worship in the church. I'm going to read another uh, quote from Alexander Schmemann about the meaning of a symbol. It says, the history of religion shows us that the more ancient, the deeper, the more organic a symbol, the less it will be composed of such illustrative qualities. This is because the purpose and function of the symbol is not to illustrate, this word presumes the absence of what is illustrated, but rather to manifest and to communicate what is manifested. We might say that the symbol does not so much resemble the reality that it symbolizes as it participates in it, and therefore it is capable of communicating it in reality. So Break that down for us. Basically what Schmemann is saying in this quote, he's saying a symbol is not something meant to draw you a picture. That would mean that what we're actually doing or what we're drawing is not present. It's not, we're not there, mm-hmm. but a symbol is used to manifest and to communicate a reality that is manifested. So I'm not remembering the sacrifices when I'm looking at the smoke. I'm participating in that sacrifice, but it's a specific sacrifice that I'm participating in. It's the sacrifice of Christ on our behalf. That's incense that we're using and this is written in the Coptic hymns, which is why they're so important, is our theology and our understanding of what we're doing is immersed into our hymnology. We participate in Christ's sacrifice on our behalf through the incense that's being offered regularly throughout all of our services. And, and, and you bring a good point, Danny, that not only just applies to incense, but like you mentioned, every aspect of our worship as Orthodox Christians. The same thing goes with icons. You know, it's not just like a, a fancy little picture of, of just funny looking people. No, it points us to a divine reality of us sensing the church is not just, you know, smoke just filling up the place just to make the place smell well, it's nice, but it's a divine reality of us participating with Christ in worship, just as he has made clear from the beginning of time. Exactly. The basic gist is that Orthodox worship uses a physical means to manifest a hidden reality, something that you necessarily cannot see with your eyes. You are, you, you are manifesting that through these symbols in the church. Because we are not just visual people. We're not just a one dimension uh, man. We're not just one dimension of who we are that it takes every aspect of who we are to unite with each other and ultimately with God. So we use everything that the church gives us in us to be engaged in worship. One thing that we notice uh, 
in, in our services is, of course, a lot of hymns, but we're talking about so many different things in the hymns. You know, one hymn that we hear during the Liturgy of the Word um, is a hymn that, that we know in Coptic called Taishori. And we're in, in English, we're saying this censer made of pure gold. So to a lot of us, it sounds funny. If, if worship and liturgy is about us becoming one with God, why are we talking about a censer saying this censer made of pure gold? And we have this elaborate hymn along with other hymns talking purely about a censer. So why is that? So we're going to go into actually a little bit of detail and discussing each of the hymns of what we call hymns of incense in the Coptic church. There's a group of hymns known as hymns of incense, and we'll discuss that in a little bit more detail, but let's, you know, take the basics here. The censer in and of itself is an altar. Okay. I'll repeat that. The censer itself is an altar. The Coptic word shuria or shura is composed of two words, shu, meaning altar, and ra, meaning ra, the sun god. So the reason why the Copts call the censer shuria is because that was their altar of ra when they used to offer to, you know, the Egyptian god. Okay. When the priest raises the incense, raises the censer, and places incense in it, he's offering a sacrifice, and when he senses the church and its congregants, we participate in that sacrifice. All right? so. It's not the focus is not necessarily on the censer itself. The focus is on that sacrifice that's being manifested and allowed that we are allowed to participate in through that censer. The it's not, it, yeah, it, like yeah, I just want to clarify what you said. It's not specifically about just the metal thing that the priest is holding, but it points to something so much more. Right. So the focus on Jesus Christ is imminent as the sacrifice of the priest is offering us Jesus himself, and it's described by the hymns. So, and we'll go through this now in a little bit more detail. Um, there are three original hymns of incense that are chanted during the liturgy of the word in the Coptic rite. They aren't used as frequently now, and they're kind of spaced out in terms of when we use them. But when you combine their texts and you understand um, what they're saying, it brings out the true meaning of how Coptic, of how we view the censer and the sacrifice in the Coptic liturgy. There is a fourth, which you just mentioned, Abuna, um, Taishori, which we'll discuss as well, because it also explicitly discusses the role of the censer in our salvation. So let me go through that very quickly with you. Um, the first hymn that was said for the incense before the Pauline in liturgy, before the, we read the epistle of St. Paul. In Coptic, it's called Into Bedishura, okay? Um, and all of these hymns originally are verses from the praises for Sunday. So in the church, we have Tadakiyat or Theotokion for um, daily praises. Each of these verses of, about the incense come from this Theotokia, okay? okay? The first one, like I said, it says, you are the golden censer carrying the blessed and live ember or live coal. Now, this verse is taken from the Sunday Tadakeya, which is talking about the Virgin Mary. It's saying that she is the golden censer carrying the blessed and live coal. Who is she carrying? The Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. So it's, it's discussing the incarnation that this censer that the priest is holding in front of us 
which this, this the the smoke and the incense is coming out of, it is a direct symbol of Saint Mary, and she is carrying the logos, and we're participating in that blessed incarnation. Yeah, I love that. And it goes it's it's something visible that we see that's pointing to a divine reality. And it's going back to the quote you mentioned from Father Father Alexander Schmemann. Exactly. So this hymn was chanted before the reading of the Epistle of St. Paul. Okay. The next time we offer incense in the Liturgy of the Word is before the reading of the Acts of the Apostles. So the hymn in Coptic is called Sharab Nodi. It's also a verse from the Sunday Tadakiya. Okay, and the text of it says, wherein God takes away the sins of the people through the burnt offerings and the aroma of incense. So now it's not just a matter of, oh, the censer was St. Mary and, you know, Jesus is there. It's a matter of this is the covenant that God used that took away the sins of the people, that granted them that forgiveness, the atonement, through mm -hmm. the burnt offerings and the aroma of incense. Christ himself is the incense that takes away our sin. Mm -hmm. And when that censer is being used and the incense is lifted into the, in the church, it's his sacrifice that we get to participate in for the forgiveness of our own sins. And, and, and this is a good time to mention, Danny, is that, you know, we see all this happening, but when we are, when we are celebrating this in liturgy, we are in a different dimension of time that we are celebrating his sacrifice that occurred 2000 years ago, but we're in a different dimension of time in, in Orthodox service that allows that to become a re reality for us right now of, of, of us living his sacrifice that he gave for us. Exactly. I believe the word is anamnesis. It's not a remembrance. It's a participation and it's a continued participation. Exactly. And that this is why every Sunday when we have communion, we're, we are be, we are entering into the mystical supper, that last supper that occurred that Thursday um, with Jesus, with his disciples. We are entering into that upper room and celebrating that. Exactly. And the next hymn that I'm going to discuss is actually going to kind of prove that. OK, it's going to tie all this kind of this together. The hymn is called Bayadaf Emph. And we use this hymn. Without really realizing it, we, re we use it many times um, during the year. Most commonly, it's used in Holy Week, but it's also used as a hymn of incense in many other times, and it's actually an annual hymn we can use standardly throughout the year. Okay. The hymn says, This is he who offered himself high up on the cross as an acceptable sacrifice for the salvation of our race. And then the second verse of it says, His good father smelled him in the evening on Golgotha. Mm. So he offered himself as the incense and it was an acceptable sacrifice because the other sacrifices were incomplete. He mm. was the acceptable sacrifice for the salvation of our race. And his father, just like in the story of Noah, smelt the aroma and it was acceptable to him. He, he, it pleased him. Mm. The after it, in the Sunday Tadakeya says, he opened the gates of paradise and restored Adam to his authority again. Mm. So so, it's the whole process of salvation. He came, he offered himself on our behalf, and he restored us as a whole. I, I, you know, I love that because, you know, all the sacrifices that we see from Jewish scripture 
all that is actually pointing to this ultimate sacrifice of God in flesh being the ultimate sacrifice. And all that is pointing to that completeness. And now it's us participating in that fullness of that ultimate sacrifice of God, the Son of God, sacrificing himself as the ultimate sacrifice. You know, these verses that you mentioned of this hymn that we know in Coptic called Fayat of Inf, the priest is saying these exact verses inaudibly while he is sensing, while he's sensing the church. You know, many of us just say that, you know, the church is going around, but during that time, the priest is saying these, is saying inaudible prayers and as actually reciting the exact same words as he is sensing the church. The whole goal of the incense and these hymns is to communicate this reality that Christ offered himself on our behalf for our salvation, and we participate in that. We live in that. We live our mm-hmm. lives by that. And the mm-hmm. incense is a daily participation. It's a reminder. It's a physical means that helps us to not just to make that reality uh, actually a real thing in our lives. You know, it's great seeing all these hymns, Danny, that we kind of hear, you know, talking about the censor, but we really don't know why are we talking about a censor in the middle of church. I thought it's all about Jesus. But all of that obviously is pointing to Jesus. Two hymns that we hear about the censor that maybe are a little bit more common for us to hear that we know in Coptic is being called Taishori and Tishori, something that we would hear uh, on, on, on Sunday, uh, specifically Taishori. Can you explain to us what on earth are we saying um, about those hymns uh, as we talk about the censor? So Taishori, which is the name of the entire hymn, is very, very important for us to understand. And it's something used so frequently now in the church that it's important for us to kind of take in a little bit of detail. The first mention of this hymn um, as a hymn of incense was in the 14th century. So probably, you know, 1300s, it was, you know, became more common. Right, and it doesn't follow the same structure as the other hymns of incense. The yeah. other hymns of incense, like I said, are taken from the Sunday Tadakia and their, you know, Adam verses, and you know they have their tunes. Taishori is a different structure. It's called Wohem and Parallax. Wohem being the melisma or the melismatic hymn, and Tishori is the Parallax or the antiphon that comes after um, this the melisma. And what it's supposed to do, this antiphon is supposed to explain, okay, or to expound upon what is said in the melisma in the beginning. That's what Wohem and Paralex means. And it's very common. It's a huge, um, I don't want to say huge, it's a prominent structure for hymnology in our church. So I will go through the text of the Wohem, Taishori, and the Paralex, Tishori, and show you kind of how it connects together. Okay. Taishori says, this is the censer of pure gold bearing the aroma in the hands of Aaron the priest offering up incense on the altar. So it's kind of split into four sections almost. The censer of pure gold bearing the aroma in the hands of Aaron the priest offering up incense on the altar. The antiphon is also split into four sections and it's describing or explaining what's written in the Wohem. It says, the golden censer is the virgin. Her aroma is our savior. She gave birth to him. He saved us and forgave us our sins. So basically, the second hymn is describing the, the first hymn that we usually hear on Sundays. Exactly. They're supposed to be set to. They're supposed to be chanted together. They were originally chanted together. Up until very recently, they were still chanted together, um, and they don't make sense without the other. Mm, I see. And it's it's 
cool to see how like these two hymns originally are designed to be put together and are originally composed to be put together. And when we just hear one of them, we're only hearing us talking about a censer that Aaron is carrying. But the at the second verse, uh, T-Shorty, where it, it actually completes the other and puts everything together as far as why are we sensing the church? Why is there whole? Why is there incense? What, of, what is all that pointing to? And it completes the picture for us of how all that is an essential part of our healing and us becoming one with our Savior. Exactly. When everything comes together, we start to really piece out what the purpose is, why we're doing what we're doing, and it really allows us to not just participate with our, there's sort of tiers to it. You can participate just singing, but when you participate with your chant and your focus and your body and your mind, you totally, like you, like you said, Abuna, you're in you know, that different dimension. When you're mm-hmm. totally focused from all aspects on Christ in front of you, it makes a huge difference. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, I, I love when now we can look at the hymns and the practices and the rites and rituals of the church, not as just something dull and distant, but now it becomes a reality and something I can apply to my relationship with my Savior. You know, ever since becoming a priest, now I, I see all the inaudible prayers that the priest is saying, and, and it points and to, it points to everything that we're saying. You know, one of the things that the priest says inaudibly, as he is putting incense into the censer, he says this inaudibly in, in the morning raising of incense and matins. O God, who received to yourself the offerings of the righteous Abel, the sacrifice of Noah and Abraham, and the incense of Aaron and Zechariah, receive to yourself this incense at the hands of all of us sinners as a sweet savior of incense unto the remission of our sins and with the rest of your people. And even the same thing, the same practice that occurs in the evening raising of incense during Vespers, the priest says this, we ask you, O our master, receive our prayers to yourself. Let our prayers be set forth before you as incense, the lifting up of our hands, the evening sacrifice, for you are the true evening sacrifice who has offered yourself upon the honored cross for our sins, according to the will of your good father. I love these inaudible prayers because it's telling us, Lord, just as you have sacrificed yourself, we are what we're doing now is pointing to that divine reality, which brings healing to every aspect of who we are. And not only are we just raising the incense, we are raising our hands. Because again, everything that we see visually is pointing us to you. So we use the icons, we use our hands, we use our prostrations, we use the incense, we use every aspect, we use our voice to point every aspect of who we are to you for our healing and our restoration to our original design. And that's, that's our process of becoming one with you. Danny, thank you so much for for shedding light and insight into these hymns that we hear a lot. And what's the point of of Holy Smoke uh, in church? So thank you again, Danny, for your time. Thank you, Buna, for having me. It was my pleasure. You have been listening to Meet and Write. For more episodes and resources, make sure to check out CopticHymnsInEnglish.com.